This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Get everything for your next project today at Menards and save big money. Right now, all stock outlets with USB ports are on sale. Ditch the need for bulky USB adapters. Upgrade your home with features like ultra-fast charging, allowing you to charge your smart devices up to 40% faster than standard USB outlets. Also, view our weekly flyer on Menards.com and check out all the great deals happening this week. Save big money at the turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. Vice is a German company that makes premium quality golf balls for half the premium price. The Pro and Pro Plus were awarded a gold medal on Golf Digest's annual hot list, making Vice the only small company to win the magazine's highest award. Use the promo code TURN when you check out at vicegolf.com to get free shipping. That's promo code TURN. Golf balls shouldn't cost more than the round of drinks afterwards. What's your vice? It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello and welcome into At The Turn. I'm Joe. That's Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi, Joe. What's up? Golf. I don't, I don't, I don't care about football, Nick. This isn't a football podcast. Did the Cowboys lose today? They did. And that's why this is not a football podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's stay in our lane here, Joe. Let's let's stick to golf because you know what? Um, there's some pretty exciting golf stuff that's happened since the last time you and I had a little episode. Definitely. Most of it involves Bryson DeChambeau and probably. <laughs> and we're going to talk some Ryder Cup as well. Um, those teams are pretty much firmed up at this point. And we're going to talk about some things that have probably already happened, things that we know have happened, and really just a lot of Bryson DeChambeau is what it comes down to. He He's won a lot of tournaments since, uh, you know, since the last time we recorded. So we, sh- we, we should go give him his due credit. So let's, let's get it rolling, Joe. We're, um, okay. It's Sunday night, 8 o'clock on a Sunday night, and... Um, the tournament is for this week is not over officially, but it probably is. Is that right? That's what's right right now. So the consensus is that the weather is going to be so bad. So it was so bad today on Sunday, the day got rained out. It's supposed to be so bad tomorrow. They're already anticipating that day being rained out. If they can't fit the golf into a very specific period of the day, because there's like probable rain at some point in the day and guaranteed rain for most of the day. And so if they can't finish on Monday, then they're getting into Tuesday and Wednesday. And, you know, these guys have pretty airtight schedules by this point. They can't really be like just hanging out for a couple days and not doing stuff. They have a lot of things to get prepared for. So what's likely going to happen is the tournament is going to be reduced to 54 holes and Justin Rose will win. 
I think the stipulation that I was seeing on Twitter, and I've been like really busy this weekend, so I haven't taken a deep dive into this, but if not more than half the field can finish their fourth round on Monday, then it'll be a 54-hole event. They'll just revert back to the 54-hole scores. So if more than half the field can get their rounds in tomorrow, then the remaining players will have to finish on Tuesday, but they won't go to Tuesday unless more than half of the field gets their rounds in on Monday. So, and What's crazy about that is, you know, we are, we're, we're knee-deep in the FedEx Cup playoffs right now, Nick. So <laughs> because the third tournament's taking place, the final event, which is so coveted because you get the big purse in that one. This is sort of the, the big kitty at the end of the year for all this silliness. And Jordan Spieth, people like Jordan Spieth. I, I'm pretty sure Jordan Spieth is 31st right now in the FedEx Cup standing. So on the strength of his round tomorrow, he either gets in the Tour Championship if they play tomorrow. That would depend whether or not he makes it to East Lake in the Tour Championship or he does not. And another fun wrinkle with that, I don't know if you caught this story. Jordan Spieth is in danger of not playing a certain number of events, and he will be fined as a Joe, result if he doesn't make the Tour Championship. I was going to ask you about this because I saw a tweet that was like Jordan Spieth in jeopardy of like violating PGA Tour policy on minimum tournaments entered if he doesn't make the next tournament. And uh, it, it looked a lot like clickbait to me, and I didn't have time to take the bait. So I was hoping you knew about that. So basically, you're you're telling me that if he doesn't if, if he doesn't finish this tournament and move up one spot, because right now, like you said, he's projected thirty first, um, he'll be fined. That's the penalty. It, it, he'll have a fine for not playing the minimum number of tournaments. I think that is the stipulation. But what's interesting about this, as we're talking about it, it's occurring to me that his if he didn't make the tour championship and he was fined and sanctioned, I think he'd probably appeal a decision like that. But because of the unfortunate circumstances with this tournament and it may be reduced to 54 holes and Jordan Spieth, you know, didn't have his opportunity to complete this tournament, then perhaps he should not be penalized as much as someone who had that opportunity. Does that make sense? Yeah. He could make the argument. He's a, he's a fourth round player and he would have qualified, you know, he would have played if, uh, if you had the chance to play his last round. It made me wonder though, has he played like, has it struck you that he's not played a lot of events this year? Or is this kind of, is this a surprise to you as, as much as it is to me? Yeah, I guess I don't really pay attention too much. You're not, to you're not keeping an Excel schedule. sheet with like every player's events played. I don't know. I didn't even know that was a thing, but um, it seems kind of silly to me. I, I'm sure he would have no problem uh, footing the bill for the fine. It's just, it's just seems kind of wonky, but I don't know. Whatever. So, <laughs> something that is probably also going to be delayed is the announcement of Jim Furyk's final Ryder Cup pick. So he has one more pick to make. And it's supposed to be done at the conclusion of the tournament. It was going to take place early Monday morning. So that was going to be delayed in case they can play final round of the BW championship. But for all intents and purposes, it's it's Tony Finau. He'll he'll be the last American to make the Ryder Cup. Is there a point in delaying this until after the tournament when I can see you don't want to take away from the, you know, from the tournament um headlines, but is Jim Furyk waiting to see what Tony Fino does in his last 18 holes of the last tournament of the year to make this pick, or it's just a formality? Yeah, I don't really know. The whole thing seems kind of dumb because 
they're trying to turn it into sort of some sort of like made for TV event. Like it's the college football playoff selection show or something like any of those things are just, they're just fake TV. I don't, I don't like it. And I, I I just don't see the point to it. Like who, who is anticipating the Monday morning, 6am Pacific coast start time, Jim Furyk press conference where he announces the last Ryder cup pick. Who cares? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you got me. I mean, it's cool. So, I'm excited for the Ryder Cup, but yeah, it's that's I'm not buying into that. Okay, do you want to hit the Ryder Cup or do you want to hit Bryson first? We should hit the Ryder Cup. I mean, we've got some momentum going, and Bryson is going to be its own its own beast a little later on. So let's, yeah, let's gonna, keep with the Ryder Cup momentum. We're gonna have to take a break and a fresh drink before we talk Bryson. <laughs> yeah. So this is a pretty uh, European heavy conversation because the last time we reported on <laughs> reported in <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> On the uh, Ryder Cup, we knew pretty much who the automatic qualifiers were going to be. And then you have the captain's picks, uh, of which they have four for the European team. So, Tomas Bjorn from Denmark, multiple Ryder Cup team member himself, is the captain for Europe. And these are the four that he chose. Uh, The first two make a lot of sense. So, I'll just get through these guys quick. Paul Casey, number 16 in the world. He's a fixture on leaderboards in America. He won this year at at the Valspar Championship. So... He's a shoe in He just missed on points. Ian Poulter obviously has an insane Ryder Cup record. He's 33rd in the world. He won the PGA Tour this year, um, and he's had a pretty solid season. Joe, Stens- I want to oh, talk sorry, about Ian Poulter just for a second. Okay. I, wanna, um, I think this might be his fifth or sixth Ryder Cup captain's pick that he's gotten. Does that what? sound right to you? Yeah. It doesn't nope. sound right to me. <laughs> no laying up did an, an awesome uh, two part podcast where they like basically recapped every Ryder Cup since 1999. I want to say, and wow. they would go they would go through the rosters every every year. Like okay, now it's the 2014. They go through the rosters, and I want to say almost every time they mentioned his name, it was he is a captain's pick. And I I I, I wanted to like Wikipedia it or whatever and look it up, but every time I'm listening to this, I'm driving, so I don't have the chance to do it. And then when I stop driving, I'm not thinking about it anymore so i was i was just hoping you had that information um readily available but maybe we can maybe we can check that during our break and come back later in this episode with uh, how many captain's picks ian poulter has had because i think it's more than five well i'll tell you what i'm gonna um i'll i'll take a minute to do the next two guys because there's a lot to get through with the other two guys that were picked for the Ryder cup so why don't you why don't you get on the google (laughs) machine Okay. It's a lot of pressure, but we'll see if I can handle this. <laughs> I'll give you some time. Okay. So the third pick after Casey and Poulter was Henrik Stenson. Not a huge surprise, maybe a little bit of a surprise because he hasn't really been in form recently, but he is very reliable veteran, 22 in the world. He finished tied for sixth at the Masters, tied for fifth at the Masters, tied for sixth at the US Open. But his last five starts have been pretty weak. Tied for 35th, tied for 39th, cut. Uh, a T20 and a T69. So, you know, Stenson making it, you can kind of make a case for it, but maybe you wanted to pick a, a hotter player than he was. The really questionable captain's pick, it kind of lit the internet on fire. Well, at least golf Twitter, because that's what I saw, Nick. Sergio Garcia was a captain's pick. Now, you think, oh yeah, Sergio. Oh, he's He makes the Ryder Cup. He's, he belongs there. He's a good Ryder Cup player, so on and so forth. All right, so his 30th in the world, but he really has had a brutal season. He missed the FedEx Cup playoffs. He finished 128th. He even played in the Wyndham Championship, which is like the la- very, very last tournament where you can 
accrue points to get in the playoffs. And if you're kind of a big star like Sergio or Henrik did it too, you play well, you make the playoffs, so you can get hot and make some cash. And he did not. Um, but Sergio Garcia has missed eight of his last 11 cuts on the PGA Tour. And that's someone who garnered a captain pick from Thomas Bjorn. So um, I want to get to a couple of the players who, in my opinion, would have made a lot more sense. And I think it's kind of a consensus that a couple of these guys should have gotten it over Sergio. But um, first, Nick, have I given you enough time? No, I don't, I don't have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll find it. Nobody seems to be wanting to report this information. I thought it would be like like top of the news. How many captains picks? <laughs> I, I swear, every it's like it's type in I, and Google, and it just yeah, auto populates. I a like it auto fills. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it wants me to go through every single Ryder Cup's roster and and, and tally the captains picks. I'm not going to do that right now, Joe. We'll tweet it later on. Well, don't do that. <laughs> Instead, give me give me your thoughts on Sergio making the Ryder Cup despite his. Uh, Tough year. Um, yeah, that's brutal. He he's been awful this year, Joe. Like not even like not even mediocre. He's been awful. He has been since he won the Masters. Pretty much, like, I don't even think he had a good finish to last year. I think he's been pretty awful for eighteen months now. Um, so I mean, I can see his history. I can see his, his. You know, he's he's been a staple of the European team for you know more than a decade, two decades, pretty much. Um, I just don't think he's in good form right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but you know what? Though sometimes, sometimes those weird picks work out. Like you, like guys who are who are on fire end up, you know, going over and, and vice versa. So I don't know. It, it's it's weird, but um, I can see based on his overall history the pick, but not his recent history. So I'm going to rip off the Ryder Cup teams real quick because we, you know, Finau is probably the last person. By the time you're listening to this, Finau might be the last pick from Jim Furyk. But uh, I want to run through both of the teams. Um, so first of all, for the European team, I'll just go through them quickly. Francesco Molinari, Justin Rose, Tyrrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, John Rahm, Rory, Alex Norn, Torbjorn Olison. that's a fun one to say, Paul Casey, Ian Poulter, Sergio, and Henrik. And for the U.S., Bryson, Ricky, DJ, Brooks, Phil, Patrick Reed, somehow Webb Simpson, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Bubba Watson, and Tiger Woods. I know I'm an American, and so obviously I'm biased, but as good as that European team sounds, like I think we're going to smoke them. Am I crazy? No. No way, dude. Um, the U.S. roster is... Stacked. I wish. I wish I would have had more time to prepare today, Joe. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think like I don't know how many of the top twenty golfers in the world are on the U.S. Ryder Cup team this year. Um, the the two guys who I, I'm not in love with right now, Bubba Watson, Webb Simpson. Um, you know, but and Bubba doesn't really have a very good Ryder Cup record, also. Um, but other than that. I think we're pretty stacked and it's going to be fun to watch Tiger. I think Tiger only has one Ryder Cup victory as a player, which is a pretty crazy Ryder Cup stat. It was 19. Wait, no, he has to have more than that because he definitely won. He was on the 99 team. Maybe he has. Wow. Is that right? He only has one man. That would be insane. Maybe maybe it's two because the last one, he was a, a vice captain. So that wasn't as a player. Um, yeah, it's not very many. I, 
I don't know. <laughs> Nick, would you would you rather go? Would you rather go to the Ryder Cup or the Masters? I'd rather go to the Ryder Cup than the Masters. I think so, Joe. If wow. I mean, with with this roster, with Bryson, Ricky, DJ, I mean the, the guys we have on this team, Patrick Reed, Tiger Woods, um, yeah, because I, I think it's it's more of a fan event. I mean, like you think about the Masters. Obviously, there. I mean, this is a you're choosing between two awesome things. Like, I'm not bashing the Masters. Like, don't I don't want to get the hate from the fans, but um, the Ryder Cup is more of a fan event. It's more you can get wild, you can cheer, and you know, not I wouldn't be inappropriate. I wouldn't be like that that guy that everyone's complaining about. But um, you know, I would have loved to be at the last Ryder Cup when Patrick Reed was pouring in birdie putts on top of Rory from like 40 feet out for five holes in a row. I mean, how fun would that be? It would be really cool. Match play. It's a different format. You know, there's not like the, like Augusta has. I'd feel out of place at Augusta. There's so many rules. You know, I'd feel like I'm doing something wrong. I I, I just feel very cautious. Um, but the Ryder Cup, I, I think you throw it all out the window and you just have fun. So, Augusta. What about you? Oh, I would. I would. I would rather go to the Masters. Yeah. I just, fair. I mean, I can't, I, I don't have to ask why. I mean, right. That's a fair no. answer. Yeah, but. I mean, but you make a good point. Like, it is something that is more conducive to letting loose as opposed to the extreme version of being buttoned up, Augusta. You know, there's no animals on the golf course for whatever reason. <laughs> Weird stuff goes on there. But yeah, the Ryder Cup, um, it would be, it, it would definitely be an incredible experience. Like, it's going to be in France. How fun would it be to go over to France, hang out there, and then get in some European fights on the golf course with the Euro fans? Yeah, I'm actually uh, possibly going to the Women's World Cup in France next summer. So we're, we're like preliminarily planning on, on going that. And obviously, I'd rather go to the Ryder Cup. Um, hopefully, my wife's not listening to this. But um, either way, it, it should be fun. But um, the the Masters, I think... I'm happy to just watch it on TV, drink my beers early in the morning. I could scream if I want. I could take a nap if I want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, both both are good. Uh, I think the, the Ryder Cup disadvantage is the time of year that it happens. I think, I mean, I, you can't really make it earlier because then it goes up against the regular event schedules. But I don't know. It would be it would be nice because. I think part of the allure with the Masters is it's the first, it's always the first major of the year. So it's like, all right, now golf season is officially starting. It's like everything's just coming back. Like golf season's here. And the Ryder Cup is kind of the end of the golf season. I'm not saying that makes a huge difference on the event itself. I just, you know, it's my perspective on the interest level uh, is just different for me. Yeah. I think the big, I mean, not that this isn't like a topic on a rundown, but my last thing is uh, being on the grounds at Augusta would be, would be awesome. But I think that would be the biggest takeaway. Like if I'm ever going to be at the grounds at Augusta, I'd rather like play it. (laughs) Yeah. No, for sure. I hear you. So Nick, I played a little golf this morning and I was wearing the, the vice hat had the vice towel, the vice balls. I was all viced out. And my playing partner asked me what vice was. Of course, I told him it is premium quality golf ball, half the premium price. Told him about promo code TURN. I was hitting the ball pretty good, so I think he's totally bought in. You can get free shipping anywhere in the U.S. for vice products. 
They have umbrellas now, bags, balls, tees, gloves. Get yourself some Vice products. Promo code TURN. All right, Joe. Um, I know everybody's been really excited about the Tiger Woods comeback, but there is a bigger, better name on tour, the hottest player on planet Earth, the mad scientist, the one and only Bryson DeChambeau, the winner of the first two FedEx Cup playoff events. Bryson won the first two events, like you said. It's his third win of the season, fourth of his career. So how much has your opinion of Bryson changed in the last month? You know, I've kind of been on the Bryson bandwagon for a minute now. <laughs> so it's, it started high and it stayed high. I mean, uh, I've always appreciated the fact that he does things that are outside the box, that he thinks about things differently. Um you know, I, I think it's kind of fun and clever. I mean, he's got the one length irons. He's he's like very, very in depth with every single thing. And I think he annoys a lot of the tour players because he plays extremely slow and like he's just, you know, over the top. But he's true to himself. He's doing what he wants to do. He, he's he's doing things his way and he's thinking about things differently. And um, and now the fact that he's been so successful, um, I think it's pretty I think I mean, good for him. You know, I'm happy for him. You know what tour player Bryson doesn't annoy? <laughs> Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Yeah. And I think that is a big feather in his cap. Like, you know, it's a little click of like Justin and Jordan and Ricky. They're not super in on Bryson because they're all contemporaries. They're all the same age. Guess what? If Tiger's in on you, then everyone's got to be in on you. It's it's like, it, it's almost like the mob. Like if, if all these lateral people, I watched Goodfellas yesterday. That's why I'm making this analogy. If all these <laughs> nice. lateral people like don't like each other but the boss really likes you then that's what matters you can't mess with the guy the boss likes and the boss likes bryson so the other guys can't mess with him it's true and, and also that's one argument but the, the wins also speak for themselves i mean like if he was you know missing every other cut it, it'd be a different story but now he's winning every other tournament i mean he's got three wins uh what three wins this season four in his career joe it's only his second year of his career is that right second or third year so to have four wins at this stage is uh, pretty pretty darn good. Yeah, and the three wins this season, are they're not like, you know, we always pick on the Texas Open, but it's not the Texas <laughs> Open. Two of them are <laughs> FedEx Cup playoff events. And the other one was the Memorial, Jack Nicklaus's tournament. So that's a pretty good season. Yeah. Is he going to be the um, player of the year? No, because someone else won two majors. <laughs> Did did that happen? Yeah, that's true. It definitely, yeah. Brooks Kepka definitely won two majors this year, which is still kind of weird to think about. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. As those words came out of my mouth, I'm like, nope. There's a guy named Brooks. Brooks was here. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the uh, the old one length irons, Nicholas? Um, I remember briefly seeing them advertised after Bryson came on the scene, like even before he won. And with this little resurgence, I'd be very surprised if, I think he's with Cobra, if the people at Cobra didn't push real hard to have some sort of over-the-winter campaign and making like a Bryson DeChambeau-style iron available. Because, you know, now that he has success, we can sit here in hindsight and say, oh, well, of course it makes sense. Because wait, 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 if wait, you're wait, making... Are you serious? What, wait, what are you talking about? They're They're already available. Well, I know they're available, but it is not like, okay... I watch a lot of golf channel. 
I've seen exactly zero commercials this entire okay. golf season, maybe last season that advertises King Cobra one length irons. I just thought there'd be more of a marketing campaign behind it because they have such a unique player who has now had a lot of success. And if he has a good Ryder Cup, uh, he's he. They, there should be a lot of Windows Surface commercials. Is all I'm saying. Right. No, I think that um, that's definitely going to come this off season. I mean, I think once we hit October, November, December, um, we're going to see a lot more of it because it was a big deal when it when they hit the market from Cobra. Um, gosh, a year and a half ago, we we talked about them on this episode. We had a golf WRX uh, equipment specialist come and talk to us about them. And um, I think they were kind of in wait and see mode because Bryson was a rookie, I think, at that point, and the jury was still out. But now that he's having success, uh, back to your question, I'm I'm very very intrigued about them. I've always been kind of like interested. I think I've mentioned on the show like anything that helps people have more consistency, I'm all for. I tried to to demo some at a at a golf shop one time, but they didn't have them in left handed. Uh, left-handed clubs so i couldn't um but i i would love to try them out and just see i mean i've read some reviews people think it's weird hitting a you know a wedge that's the length of your seven iron and a and a four iron that's the length of your seven iron but then they they hit them and they take some data and they say yeah this this goes as far as it should and the ball fight's a little bit different but once you get used to it supposedly um you know they can help out consistency, and I think, I think I'm surprised it hasn't been a bigger deal. And we'll see if if even a couple more companies come out with them in the next five years. Because for golfers like me, like I'm I'm just struggling to be like a bogey golfer, like an 18 handicap. Uh, anything for more consistency, which I think the point of these irons that that's what it is is consistency. Your setup is the same. Your you know supposedly your swing is the same on every shot. Um, that seems like it would be a big selling point in the fact that he's having the success and he's so young in his career. I would expect over the next five years, we'll see, you know, a couple more companies roll them out and uh, Cobra push them a little bit harder. Who do you think would benefit more from something like this, a high handicapper or a scratch golfer? I, I try to think about that and I don't really think I have an answer. I just think it kind of depends on the personality type more than I anything think, else. I think a high handicapper for sure. Um, cause if you're, if you're a scratch golfer, right, you've already, you already have a swing that you're, that you're good with. You're not worried about, am I going to make a good swing here? Can I repeat my swing? I mean, if you, if you're, if you're shooting around par, you, you obviously can repeat your swing for me. I'm a high handicapper. Gosh, I, I just wish I could repeat, you know, a swing. I, I feel like, you know, there's, there's a swing I'm trying to execute, but you know, I don't hit it on the same part of the club face every single time. And actually, Joe, we're going to we're going to talk about this a little bit later. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um, got a guy is freaking asshole at Dick's just absolutely torched me when I went to go demo a club. What? <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, like I, I would love to have that consistency. Want take out one or two more variables? How far away you're standing from the ball? The you know. I think that could do nothing but help a high handicapper. Whereas I, I would assume a lower handicapper would, would have those kinks worked out. I think more than anything else, it has to be someone who is willing to put in a lot of time to really undo what their swing is like with an iron and commit to being someone who uses one length irons. It's not like using a different putter where you can keep like five in a bag of the garage and, 
you know, you've been putting poorly, so you go back to the old one and try to figure something out. This is a total breakdown and reconstruction of the way that you swing a golf club because I know standing over a pitching wedge and standing over a three iron, I make two totally different swings. And the idea that I make the same swing for every iron in my bag just takes a lot to wrap my head around. Yeah. And I, I think you're just making my point because for me, it's the exact opposite. I'm like, first of all, I, I have a, a mat set up in my garage. Like I can hit a, I can hit a golf club in my garage, which I think is freaking awesome, but I can't hit a club longer than a seven iron because then I start smashing the ceiling. So I don't want to just work all winter and become really good at my seven iron and then not be able to hit a four iron off the tee on a par three. So it would be awesome to be like, I just have to make one swing. I don't have to think about what club is in my hand. I just have to know the yardage that this club is going to go and then go up there and make a swing, whether it's a three iron or a nine iron. So the majority of your off season work, if it takes place inside of a garage and you live near snow, perhaps this is a good tactic for you because all you need is a seven iron and you're basically practicing practicing every iron in your bag. That that's what I that's my philosophy. But I, <laughs> I, I I don't have one length clubs, and I probably if I ever I, I have thought about it, but like I'm not going to buy new irons for five more years, unless you know Cobra starts sponsoring the show tomorrow and wants to send me you know a shipment of left handed thank you uh, one length irons. I'd love to give them a try and talk about them next spring, but um, I don't see that happening. So you know we'll see. But yeah, uh, that's that's what I think is is just being able to make a golf swing and then you don't have to differentiate between a swing from a three iron and a swing from a pitching wedge. Do you want to get into Bryson's off week? I mean, a little bit, Joe, by now the listeners probably know that, that I've read a lot of tweets about golf, but I haven't clicked on any of the links over the last two (laughs) weeks. (laughs) So I'm like, I think Jordan Spieth might not, you know, might be fine by the PGA, but I don't really know if that's clickbait or not. So I read a tweet. Um, if I had a, a drink for every time I started a sentence with, I read a tweet on this episode. I read a tweet. I read a tweet that said that Bryson DeChambeau was going to go to Colorado to work on his breathing before the Tour Championship. I mean, like, that's the whole story. Yeah. Tell me more. You got it. So he's going to be in Colorado working on oxygen depletion. Uh, so what that basically is like, I don't know if you've been in the gym or you've seen like, you know, professional athletes work out and they have like the Bane mask on their face, like running in a treadmill. Yeah. You don't, you don't do that? (laughs) Not recently. So all it's supposed to do is essentially you are tricking your body into thinking that you are actually in a more, uh, high altitude climate thus less oxygen in the air. And so basically the idea is if you train at a high altitude, then you get back down to sea level, you will be at a higher performance because you're used to, it's like the Kenyan marathoner theory. The reasons the Kenyans are so good at marathons because they can train long distance running at high altitudes. And so when they come to sissy America and run at sea level, they blow us out of the water. Okay. So this is this is kind of a, a symptom of Bryson's um, mindset. Do you think that his success is because of all of his skill? Or do you think that, like, how much all these little things, like using a compass and, like, you know, how, how much of all those little intricacies do you think play into success? And how much is just, like, he'd be winning anyways, but he's also just kind of a weird cat? Yeah, I mean, I think it's part... part 
because he's had so much success, it's tough to argue with what he does. If he goes through a slump, then he'll probably do a lot of self-examination. But, I mean, look, he's 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 cooking right now. So I think he's got to stick with being as weird as he wants to be. And if he wants to take a protractor out on the green to read a putt, then God bless him. Because No, oh, he can't do that anymore. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's, no, it's, it's that one has been, <laughs> I'd love to see the PGA Tour say, no trips to Colorado before a big tournament. No more. <laughs> Well, God bless. <laughs> yeah, I really hope uh, Bryson keeps it going, brings America home a Ryder Cup victory in a few weeks. Okay, Nick, reported FedEx Cup restructuring. What does this mean? Um, so a couple weeks ago, late August, um, there were there was some news about some restructuring of the FedEx Cup, FedEx Cup playoffs, which I think is awesome because I've complained about them several times on this show. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the format. I'm not a huge fan of how much they try to protect the regular season, um, the people who performed well throughout the season. I, I think that you need to win the the last tournament to be the champion of the season some way, shape, or form. So here are a, a few things that were reported. And I don't think these are official. I think it was like five sources you know, close to the situation, say that this is what's going to happen. So um, FedEx Cup going to move from four events to three. I think that one actually might be confirmed because they put out the 2019 schedule already. So that's good. Um, down to three events. So we're getting rid of one playoff event. Um, the winner of the Tour Championship will be the FedEx Cup champion. So that's what I've been good. calling for for years. That part is good. Now comes the part where they protect... The, the players with the most points. So they're doing away with points for the last tournament, but instead of points, they're saying if you're number one in points going into the last tournament, you start on Thursday morning of the Tour Championship at minus 10. Did you, did you see this? And then now based on points, they're going to stagger all the way down to, you know, the, the number 30 player is even, probably like the last four or five guys are even, and then like, you know, you, you earn your strokes under par or whatever based on your points between even and 10. Um, what is your reaction to that? I think if you're going to have something like a playoff structure, then this is the best way to handle it. You cannot have the winner of the last term of the year, not be the champion of this whole thing. It doesn't make any sense. So I would almost be fine if they turn the tour championship, just the top 10 players going into the tour championship. They make it 10 players. You get one that starts at 10 under nine under you stagger them down, play a 36 hole tournament. That's the whole thing. What? Wait, you That's it. Someone at ten under, and it's a thirty-six hole tournament. Yeah, it means that the events prior to the tour championship actually mean something. If you're able to pick up like two shots the tournament before this tournament, that's huge. So I really think you should have more emphasis on giving people a big advantage for the tour championship based on what happened before that, and then that tournament determines the champion and nothing else. I think you have to have a smaller field than thirty. Yeah, I mean, I think if this is like a two-year experiment, I'm okay with it. Other than that, I think it's pretty ridiculous to to start somebody in a tournament at minus 10. <laughs> You're teeing off on Thursday at minus 10. Like, there's <laughs> such an emphasis on protecting the players who had a good season. It's the playoffs. The whole point, your advantage in the playoffs should be that you're better than everybody else. They shouldn't have Nick, to give you – if you dominated the entire season, you shouldn't need a head start. 
but Did that's they what the happened. Same bolt ahead start in the Olympics. No, they started with the same starting line, and they say let the best man win. Nick, the, in the NFL, you get handsomely rewarded for a strong regular season. Okay, I don't see why it should be. You get a you get yeah. a buy. So yeah, so make it three events and give give those guys like if you want to give the top eight guys a buy into the finals or the semifinals. I'm talking about the last and the second to last tournament. Fine, do that. But don't start them out at minus 10. So, so <laughs> I love your heated reaction to this, first of all. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Have you ever? It's like basically implementing handicaps. It's, it's reverse handicapping a PGA Tour event. You're giving <laughs> strokes. You're giving your opponent strokes. Except for the, the better players are getting strokes rather than the rather than the worst players like the tournaments we play in <laughs> if we if we poured over 26 previous episodes we could not find a moment where nick got more animated than what just happened and i'm so happy about that that is great <laughs> unfortunately unfortunately i think you're wrong because you want the winner of the tour championship to win the fedex cup right yes okay so you want 30 people in the tour championship I didn't. I don't want that. No. What do you, what do you, <laughs> well, what do you want? If you well, say here's what I want. Idea, here's what I want. First and foremost, okay, it's going to be three tournaments. I want it to be harder to get into the playoffs. Right now, like 125 guys make the playoffs. Like, what percentage of tour players is that? Like, it should be like the NFL, where 12 out of 30, whatever percentage that is, like make the playoffs. You have to have a like a a really good season to make the playoffs. You know. Okay, so you make mm -hmm. the playoffs. Then you protect your people who had the very very best season by giving them a buy okay so maybe that though maybe the top maybe you let i don't know 64 people into the playoffs the top 16 get a buy into the second event maybe the second event i don't know what i want to see some sort of match play i've said it a million times Just, i want the, the last tournament to be 16 guys in match play seated whatever you can see them sure like you know so the the worst guys playing the best guy that's your advantage you get the easiest draw but Win, then you got to go win. You, you got to win on the last weekend of the year to be the champion. And like, if the 16th best player that season wins, nobody's really going to complain. Like, not as much as when the Giants beat the Patriots, the, the 17 and 0 Patriots lost to the nine and seven Giants. Like, if they can determine a champion that way and not protect their their best team, then the PGA can do it too. Get us down to 16. Give me a match play bracket, and, and let's let's hash it out on the course. Don't start somebody at minus 10 on Thursday on the first <laughs> Give me a break, Joe. No, I mean, I, I hear your point. I just think that that is the best way to quickly determine a champion and also make the regular season mean a lot. Because, again, and this, this will be my last point on this, I just want to say that golf is a longer season, so I feel like because there's so much prior to the culmination of the end of the season you need to reward someone for consistency because that is essentially what this is supposed to do okay that's it that's I, all i, I have think it's, i think it's a minor improvement um but you know i, I want to see match play so all right well <laughs> glad we got that out of the way we'll see like i said those were proposed those were like um right. not not confirmed but i think over the off season or i guess there's no off season anymore but in the next couple months we'll see more on that okay well the next thing we're supposed to talk about i don't know about this but what a headline 
Dick's employee roasts <laughs> Nick's swing. Tell me all about this. Um, I'll try to keep this backstory as short as possible. But no, pontificate. Go. Um, okay, so this all started one day when um, we got my wife and I got charged a ridiculous amount of money to have a leak <laughs> in our in our sink fixed. Like we had a, a small drip in our oh, sink. Man. We called okay. a plumber. <laughs> they charged us almost a thousand dollars to fix like a, a tiny drip in our sink, and we were pretty pretty upset about it. We looked at the bill, and they charged us like over a hundred dollars for the things that go in your drain and catch the food when you like rinse off your dishes, which were, were not broken at all. So we were pretty upset about that. And uh, so I, I reached out to the plumber and he said, no, those are top of the line basket strainers. Like, like those are the best on the market. Those are the best basket strainers available. I'm like, bro, it's a basket strainer. <laughs> I don't want the best basket strainer. So I turned to my wife and I'm like, I use a three wood. Like I play golf every week all summer and I use a three wood that's 10 years old, but I have the best basket strainers in my sink on the market. And she said, well, your birthday is coming up. So I'll buy you a new three wood for your birthday. And I was like, okay, this is, this is pretty sweet. So not only do I have great basket strainers, so she wants to buy me a new three wood. So my birthday weekend is like rolling around and we, we go to a Dick's sporting goods to see if there's any three woods that I can like, you know, check out or hit or whatever. And there's, they have one left-handed three wood. And it's some Callaway, whatever. Really? Did it just have one? <laughs> they literally only had one left-handed three-wood. It wasn't like... Uh, no dicks. Yeah, I know. It was a massive dicks. It wasn't just like some some random like tiny little dicks. It was like two levels. There's an escalator in this dicks. Um, you, so anyways, I go to, to hit this three-wood just to like, you know, hit it into the little thing. And um, I take a few swings with it. And, you know, they have the little, like, radar gun on there. And I wasn't, like, I wasn't striping it exactly, per se. Um, but it was still, like, you know, saying it was going out there, like, 190, 200, whatever. And, like, it was, like, I was pretty uncomfortable. You're in this, like, confined space. And there's, like, people watching. And then, like, after a few swings, my wife's, like, well, how does it feel, Nick? And I turn around to answer her. And the guy's, like, he cuts me off before I can even say anything. And he's, like, there's no way he can tell. The way he's hitting the ball, it, it doesn't matter what club he's hitting. And I'm like, oh shit. Like, oh my God. Guy, like, take me to the to the woodshed right now. Like, yeah, I wasn't striping it, but it wasn't like I was swinging and missing. And um, he's like, yeah, there, there's no club that, that you can buy that's going to fix your golf game with that swing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh my God. My God. <laughs> like, I didn't come here being like, you know, I, I'm terrible at golf. I need a new golf club because. Because I want to be better, you know. It's like, you know, you get a new phone because your your phone's old, and you want to have the new. You know, you want to have something new. It's it's just kind of cool, you know. I was like pretty stoked to get a new three wood. So, um, yeah, he just he just didn't hold back. But he wasn't like he wasn't. He was just saying it so matter of factly, and you know, he wasn't wrong. You know, I that's the part that probably hurt the most. Is I was like, you know, yeah, I'm not really hitting it very good. So <laughs> what do you want me to say? But. Man, so I was mortified, and um, needless to say, I did not buy that golf club. <laughs> but I did <laughs> on the drive home. My wife did buy me a new uh, tailor-made uh, three wood off uh, Amazon, so that was nice. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. And it's guess what, dude from Dicks, it's going a lot farther than my last one, and I didn't change my <laughs> my swing, so you can go eat one. You <laughs> boom. Yeah, uh, I was I was pretty upset about that. Wow. <laughs> And, um, and so I posted a I posted a video of my swing on Twitter to see if any of our fans had um, 
could, could outdo out roast him, but I don't know. That's going to be tough to beat. Man, <laughs> I can't believe that guy said that. Did 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 your wife say anything? Uh, she was kind of in shock, and I was in shock, and uh, I was just like, "Okay, well, I guess I'm going to be going now." <laughs> like, I mean, what, it was it was so awkward. Wow. Yeah, and I hit the club. Like, I don't know. Have you um, hit clubs at a store before? Sure. Do they? Take the plastic off of them. They usually have tape on them. Yeah. So I handed the, the club to the guy and I was like, Do you want to tape this up? And he's like, No, just hit it with the shrink wrap on it. And I was like, Okay. What? Kind of, yeah. He, he made me hit it with the shrink wrap on it, which I thought I thought was kind of weird. But like, I don't know. It's like the third time I've ever hit a golf club at a store, like, you know, in one of those little rooms. It was it was weird. <laughs> what 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 town was this in? Um I think it was in Manchester, Connecticut. All right, if you're listening in Manchester, Connecticut, <laughs> shop at any other sporting goods store than Dick's, especially if you're in the market for golf equipment because it doesn't sound like they're very helpful or kind there. <laughs> Seriously. And then the worst part, Joe, um, I had taken off my vice hat because I had like my hat and sunglasses on. So I took it off, and then I got out of there in such a hurry, I forgot it. And no. so we're about to walk out of the store, and I was like, oh, no, my, my hat's downstairs. I gotta go back down that escalator, tail tail between the legs. I gotta face him again and go get my vice hat. Uh, and did you have to confront him, or was it just sitting there? No, he was like, you know, dude, not doing what he was supposed to be doing. He wasn't in the golf department, so I just I just went back there and went behind the counter and got it. Oh, man, it was it was so miserable. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, let's end the show on a more positive note than that. Uh, we want to give a quick shout out before we wrap things up. Yeah. Maurice Allen, uh, former at the turn guest won another world long drive championship last week. So, uh, shout out to Maurice. Well, I got to correct you. Uh, being an at the turn guest is like being a president. You're always a president, even when you're not currently president. So even though Maurice Allen is not on episode 27 of At The Turn, he'll always be an At The Turn guest. Absolutely. So congrats, Maurice. Maybe he'll come on again sometime. Yeah, we've, uh, we're still waiting for our first return guest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, I just want to say, life's hard as a podcaster who also has like, full-time jobs and other responsibilities like probably most of the other podcasts you listen to those guys are just <laughs> doing it for a full-time job it's all they do they wake up and like how can i make my podcast better today joe and i that... we lead busy lives busy lives it's hard i guarantee you that no podcast works that way and it's a part-time job for literally everyone that has one except for maybe like mark Marin and bill simmons <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, I've had a beer in me, so I was debating whether or not I was going to tell the story, but I'm going to tell it real quick to close things up. So, Nick, Perfect. Okay. So, this is going to sound like a, hum- a humble brag at start, but don't worry, it ends poorly for me in the end. So, oh, I'm just gonna do it. No, I was going to ask you about your round today. Yeah. I hope this is going. So, uh, first of all, I've broken par like once or twice in my life. I'm a pretty decent golfer, but I can also shoot terrible rounds. I shot 94 a month ago, so... You know, I'm a five, but I have a high variance. I'll just put it that way. So I play one of my home courses, a 36-hole facility. Shout out to Glenavere. Uh, great picture of a sunrise there this morning. I'll post that on Twitter. Check it you out You were later, texting everybody. me at like, 
before uh, 6 a.m. Pacific time today, and I'm like, is Joe up to watch <laughs> Tiger Woods right now? Does he know that now is not going to happen or what? No, man. Uh, alarm bells went off at 5.15. I had to be one of the first people out there. I got it done in three hours. It was phenomenal. I love um, those morning rounds. I do. So good. I played the whole back nine by myself in a cart. It took me like 45 minutes. It was glorious. Fantastic. So, uh, anyway, home course. Um, it's the easier the two tracks. It's a it's a par seventy one, and if you ball well, you should shoot you know a pretty good score there. So I got off to a lightning quick start. I'm three under through five, and I'm trying not to think too much about it. I survive the front nine. I shoot two under, so I'm like, oh my god, this is awesome. I could you know break par for like I don't know the third time in my whole life. So uh, I get to the sixteenth tee, and I'm two under. And it's a par 71, so I'm thinking, oh, man, are we going to shoot in the 60s today? I just got to par out. I'm going to shoot a 69. Um, I hit it on the green regulation, uh, like 18 feet. And in my head, there's this stupid, stu- like I used to read so many golf digests when I was younger, like in high school and college and stuff. You know, just have a whole pile of them. You thumb through them every now and then. A few tips have really stuck with me through the years. This one from Johnny Miller always comes into my head when I get you know, a birdie or two or, or start hovering around par or shoot or shoot, shooting a really good round. He said, the mistake most amateurs make when they have a really good round going is they take their foot off the gas and they play safe and they try to protect the round instead of saying, Hey, my goal when I started was one under. And then when you make a birdie, your new goal is two under and then three under. So I'm thinking, Oh man, forget 69. I'm going to pour this baby in. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to birdie out and shoot 66. Me and Johnny, let's go. Let's take it to the house. And of course, I run that putt by four feet, miss the comeback, or make a bogey. <sighs> so now I'm one under. I'm fine. I'm one under, Nick. I make a par on 17. The 18th on Glendevere West is a par three. Very unusual. It's about 178 yards. I hit a really nice shot to about, got 12 feet short of the hole. It's a very sloped green. Definitely a makeable putt uphill. So I have this putt to shoot 69 <laughs> from 12 feet. Nice. So of course, my thought is, if I leave this short... I'm going to walk back to my house in Southeast Portland. <laughs> so I hit a pretty good putt. I obviously hit it four feet by. Oh, I missed Johnny. the comebacker. Johnny. And I shoot 71 even par today on Glendevere West. So I can't be too mad about that. I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm definitely yeah, not. But, but no, you can't. But yeah, Johnny Miller, uh, even when I'm not watching golf, he still haunts me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's funny that you say that because uh, you, you probably – have no recollection of this, but I remember one time we were playing at the University of Idaho Golf Club, and it's probably like the only time I ever made birdie on the first hole of that course, or on the second tee box. And I'm like, just struggling to break 100 at this point in my life, and, and still to this day. And you're like, don't get scared, Nick, go lower! And I'm like, how much lower do you think I'm going to go? Like, if I make a double bogey in this hole, I'm stoked. <laughs> oh, man, so Johnny's been haunting us with this tip for longer than I thought. That was probably at least five years ago. Oh my God, that that is glorious. Well, I can think of. Do you have anything else? I think that's a great way nothing, to end the show. Nothing. <laughs> All right, I'm I have one. Another beer. Yeah. What? Oh, you got another story? No, no. I, the only other story I had was use promo code Turn on ViceGolf.com and you get free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Besides that, I'm out of stories. All right. It's good talking <laughs> to you, Joe. We'll do it again. Um, who knows when? We're busy lives. We're not full-time podcasters. We get to it when we can. We're not like the rest of you who sit in your penthouse apartments doing podcasts all day. We have real jobs. Okay? Getting rich off your podcast. <laughs>
That's right. Promo code turn, vicegolf.com. Nick, have a good one, buddy. All right, Joe. It's been fun. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.